It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, does Mike Trout want to win? I think that that's a really ridiculous question, (laughs) but there's a lot of people asking that question. They're wondering if he's comfortable just being the GOAT on a team that struggles to compete. Well, we've got some answers that will help you to understand that Trout wants to win and is a winner. It's time to get Locked On with Mike and John, and this is Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are counting down to opening day. Thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen every day. And of course, every show is free and available on all platforms like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And the best way to help us out is by giving us a rate and a review. And if you're watching on YouTube, make sure that you're subscribed and click that bell to be notified every time a new episode drops. Thank you for being here for this episode of Locked On Angels, where it's your team every day. You've got the Frisch Brothers here with you, a.k.a the super halo bros my name is john and that's my brother mike and my name is mike and that's my brother john hey on today's show we're talking about the new rules and how they're going to impact the game so far this spring and how they've impacted our halo specifically we're also going to discuss if mike trout really wants to actually win and we're going to begin with talking about some of the latest roster news that came out yesterday and talk about the uh the big win against the dodgers last night mike yeah, that was exciting. We'll get that get to that in just a moment. But first, let me start with uh, Sam Blum, Blum, friend of the pod. He yes. tweeted out some information about the Angels roster, and I was bummed because he talked about Jared Walsh missing the start of the season. Yes. He's going to go on the IL as he deals with headaches and insomnia. Ugh. That sounds terrible. Yeah. The good news is that it's not like an injury that he has to recover from. Those things are easily solvable. Uh, they're, they're talking about maybe two weeks, a two-week program to mm-hmm. really help him get back on a good maybe sleeping schedule and whatever the headaches are. I know that headaches, migraines are terrible. We've struggled with those in our family. And so uh, hopefully he can recover really quickly and come back strong because it's his defense at first base, Johnny, that I think he really brings to this team. That's his specialty. Mm-hmm. That's his, mm-hmm. his superpower, right? So I'm going to miss Jared Walsh at least to start the season. He looked really good in the spring and hit a couple of home runs. Uh, probably maybe Matt Thice playing first base over you there. See that. Maybe, yeah. maybe some Brandon Drury over Drury, there. Urshela, I yeah. think, also as well as an option. And then uh, now out of that, well, I should say first, Max Stassi will also start the season on the IL with the, uh, the hip issue that we yeah. referred to yesterday. He also had some personal leave as well. So right. it was kind of a mixture of the personal leave, but this is definitely going to be a hip issue. And there was a listener, Tracy, on Twitter said, these make me a little nervous because yep. there's not really a uh, uh, an, an end point to these kinds of things, right? right. Like a hip right. issue is a lingering thing. Jared Walsh, yes, he's doing a two-week program to kind of help out with the sleep stuff. But, man, if you can't sleep, then you're just not in any shape sure. to be coming to the ballpark. But out of that, Mike, is I don't want to say it's a silver lining, but it does solve a lot of the questions that we had coming into the season. First is that... Logan Ohapi definitely makes this team. You That's and I were exciting. pretty certain he was going to make the team. Yeah. And then Jake Lamb, who is also going to make the team and kind of step in in that Jared Walsh role. He'll be great off the bench. He's had a great spring and yeah. has earned his way onto the roster. We talked yesterday about he'll be great AAA depth, but this is why you have depth. This is why you don't DFA Brett Phillips. Yes. This is why you keep 
Moniak and Adele and AAA people. This is the exact reason why. I know it wasn't an outfield injury, but it easily could have been an outfield injury. So yeah. this is why you keep everybody that you have rostered to start the season. You don't cut. You're not making cuts. I know it's tax season, but stop cutting people. Come on. <laughs> you know, Jake Lamb had a bit of tightness, I think, in the oblique last night. So he, he didn't did. play. Uh, hopefully that clears up. I, I get it. And, and Tracy made a good point, like being nervous about oh, yeah. angel injuries. Uh, we have a mutual friend who did, who tweeted at us too, and he was like, "And so it begins, right?" Yes. And so, yes, I, I'm nervous about that, but I do think that these aren't like major major physical issues. I think that the hip issue with Max Stassi is something to pay attention to because that can certainly affect your swing mm-hmm. and and your offense. Um, I'm excited about Logan Ohapi, John. I think him behind the plate is going to be fun to watch and. There's, there's been talk about him possibly being in the rookie of the year conversation. Yes. The Angels, of course, had Otani in 2018 and then Trout in 2012. And then my favorite player of all time, Tim Salmon in 1993. So I, I, I'm really excited about him being on this team. And there's something about Matt Theis that I'm excited about too, John. I think his left-handed bat in that lineup is great. Uh, he can play first base. He can play catcher. I know that that is something we've talked about. Maybe him not having a full-time position has kind of slowed his growth. Mm-hmm. But I think being on the major league roster, at least for the first couple of weeks, will be good for Matt Theis. Do you agree? He flexed some power against the Dodgers the yeah. other night. Like yeah. off Noah Syndergaard, he hit two to like the most dead part of center field, right? And they were caught out Just there. Just pull it a little bit, Matty. I know, I know. Hit bit. the gym a little bit more. Up the weights, baby. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I'm excited to see his bat in this lineup. Maybe he just needs a chance in the same way that Taylor Ward got a chance. And I know we dog on Joe Madden a lot, but give him credit for giving Taylor Ward a chance last oh, season. Yeah. And and hopefully Matt Theis gets that opportunity as well. Yeah, uh, Andrew uh, Wance is going to be on this team, and uh, Gio Urshela will be the opening day shortstop. Mm-hmm. Um, and that makes sense because Fuller is going to be the starter for the Moeller. A's. Moeller, sorry, you're auto correct. Got you. Yes, <laughs> I, I our locked on A's friend, uh, friend is going to be mad at me. Uh, yes. He's a lefty, and and so it makes sense having Urshela. Uh, as the starting shortstop. And there's still questions about the sixth starter. It sounds like it's between Davidson and Canning, and I'm going to lean in the direction of Davidson just because he didn't have the options. And he hasn't looked bad. He didn't look bad against the Dodgers two nights ago, and he had a really good spring. And so I think at least when that first round comes up, I think Tucker's going to be the guy, and they'll probably use him as a swing man out of the bullpen. Why not? Sounds like the perfect plan to me. All right, last like night's it. game against the Dodgers, Noah Syndergaard, Former Angel yep. versus Tyler Anderson, former Dodger, made yep. things interesting. And we lost draft picks for signing both of them. So we have that in common as Yay. well. Uh, <laughs> it was a great matchup. In fact, it was great to see Trout get the offense going against Thor uh, with a two-run home run in the first inning. Somebody said Captain America versus Thor. I thought that was pretty funny. That was And great. then Taylor Ward hit a home run in the third inning, and he got all of it, man. I loved seeing that. And Jeff Fletcher actually had a great article Uh, on the halos for the OC register. And he said in it, Ward is working towards a 900 OPS. Let's go this season. That was Sam Blum. That was Sam Blum of the athletic had that. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yes. Now last night, Otani had a couple hits in this game as well. And what I liked seeing Mike was him hitting it through the right side. And we're going to talk about the new rules in a little bit, but he hit it through the right side. And just when you think he's going to do it again, he bloops one to the left side. Right. He's away. such a smart hitter, man. He yeah. just knows what he's doing up there. And not having the shift, I think, is actually going to really benefit him this year. I won't. And Rendon, I, too. I won't talk too much about that because we will talk about it in a moment. But yeah, Rendon as well. John, Rendon 
his his stat line for spring training, 500 batting average. Yeah. Uh, I think he had over 600 OPS and a 700 slugging. I mean, the guy had like a 1,200 uh, OPS total. <laughs> like, it was amazing. And then Tyler Anderson, I think what he did last night is what we would want from him. And he probably could have gone a little further. He was planning to throw about 90 pitches. He threw 88, five and a third, four hits, two runs, one walk and five Ks. He did hang a couple of pitches, but that's that's one of those things you're still kind of working out. But I think what we saw last night is what we'll see all season long. Lot of really soft hits, a lot of hits on the ground. Yeah. That's why that shortstop position is going to be really important. And yeah, it's why the outfield is going to be really important, especially in Anaheim Stadium, Angel Stadium, because there's a lot of fly balls that those outfielders will need to track down. It feels really big out there when those mm-hmm. balls are in the air. So uh, Anderson looked really, really great. And I, I I really was excited about his start last night, John, because he pitched against what would be the Dodgers starting lineup. I mean, at least sure. pretty close to that starting lineup. And he looked really, really good. You make an excellent point. Like in the early innings of the game, you see those regular Dodgers starters and Anderson look pretty solid against them. Hey, coming up on lockdown angels, does trout really want to win? How do we know this? Well, we're going to share some quotes with you and some details to prove Mike trout wants to win. Today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Every new potential hire can certainly feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business, and you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates. This is why you need LinkedIn Jobs. They're going to help you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Here's what you need to do. You'll add your job to LinkedIn, and then once you do, post the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring. There's simple tools on LinkedIn that can help you with screening questions, that can help you focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so that you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire and get the right people in the right position so that you can achieve your goals for 2023. Business owners like you rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. Use that website so you can post it for free. LinkedIn.com slash locked on MLB to post your job for free and some terms and conditions do apply. New game day shirt. Boom. Cashback. Food for the tailgate. Boom. Cashback. Even buying around can earn you cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. In sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the win, but you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover Cashback Debit. Did I mention there are no fees, period? This one is a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank. Member FDIC. We want to thank you for making Locked On Angels your first listen today. And Locked On baseball fans, get ready for a baseball season preview with Locked On MLB's ultimate six-episode season preview. Our local and national experts give an in-depth analysis of every team in every division in only the way 
that Locked On can provide. You can find all six episodes of Locked On MLB on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Johnny, they introduced some new rules for Major League Baseball, and they practiced them during the spring. And the question really is, how is that, how has it affected the game? There's been a lot of discussions about a lot of the different rules, and some longtime Major Leaguers are not fans of it, and then there's some other Major Leaguers that are big fans of it. A lot of the younger guys are like, it's no big deal because we had to play with some of these rules in the minor leagues mm-hmm. last year. So let me start with the first rule. The, the biggest change is the pitch clock, and pitchers must begin their deliveries within 15 seconds when the bases are empty, and then within 20 seconds when there's a runner on or the bases are occupied. Batters must be in the box and alert to the pitcher with at least eight seconds remaining on the pitch clock. I've seen a lot of batters this spring, John, that – are waiting for the pitcher to get set because that's typically what you would do. You would wait until the pitcher is getting ready to go and then you would go. And this really changes that whole rhythm. Now you have to step into the batter's box and and be standing there with the the bat on your shoulder or at least getting ready, maybe bending back or whatever, so that you are prepared when the eight second mark hits and you don't get a ball. That's the charge. That's the violation. If you're not ready, there's a ball that comes your way. You have to remember as a hitter that you're at the mercy of the pitch clock and not the pitcher yes. himself. I think that's an important distinction to make. Now, pitchers are allowed to disengage from the rubber twice during each plate appearance, whether to step off or to make a pickoff throw, which means two pickoff throws and that's it. Yeah. So that's going to make for some very interesting base running and base stealing this season. Now, the number resets if one or more of the runners advances during the plate appearance. So if somebody does end up taking that extra base, then you get back to the two step-offs. Now, pitchers can make a third pickoff attempt during a plate appearance, but the runner will advance automatically if they're not picked off on that third try. So very Mm. interesting running rules this season. This will be huge in (laughs) in competitive games down the stretch and in the playoffs if it gets to those moments, right? Because one of the things that we enjoyed about the WBC was when it was really tight and it was really intense, they were able to take their time and they could step off and check the runner and they could call the catcher out. But all of that's out the window and that's where some of these longtime major leaguers are like, you got to not hold us to these rules when the games actually matter. But I think that would be foolish because you got to be consistent all the way through the season. You said it's going to be huge. And I thought that would be a great transition to larger bases, but you also had a thought there. So that's my, (laughs) I thought I threw it to you perfectly, but you know, I didn't get it. I got to spike that next time. I'm sorry. All right. That's volleyball. Tell us about the larger bases. (laughs) The larger bases base runners uh, are going to benefit from this. Uh, The first, second and third base bags are now 18 square inches instead of 15. And that makes for a, a bigger target for the base runner. And it also, John, I didn't think about this. It shortens the distance between the bases. Mm-hmm. And so the distance between home and first and third and home is now reduced by three inches. Mm-hmm. And so the distance between first and second and second and third is now 4.5 inches shorter. So some of those close throws and close plays that we've seen over the last few years may not be close as the season progresses, because the run, the distance between the bases is a lot shorter this year. Hopefully we see a lot less of those Andrelton Simmons style ankle injuries where he's trying to get to first base and stretch out his foot and rolls over it. Like, I really hope that we see less of that this season. I think it was Wayne Randazzo on the broadcast referred to them as pizza boxes, which I thought was a great uh, idea, right? That's what they look like out there. Hey, 
infield shifts. This is probably the one that's going to impact possibly the halos the most, but listen to this teams must have four fielders within the infield boundary. Whenever the pitcher is on the rubber with two fielders stationed on either side of the second base bag at the time of the pitch. So think you got second base right down the middle. You've got two on this side, two on the other side, right? So that's first and second on one side, shortstop and third baseman on the other teams are still allowed to bring an outfielder over. So if you really want a dramatic quote unquote shift, you can move an outfielder over and really play up that shift. So either onto the infield or into the shallow outfielder, they are not however permitted to use four outfielders. So remember we saw that against uh, trout and Otani last season, they had four outfielders. Was that the blue Jays who did that? Blue Jays are Mariners, but I just remember Trout hit a home run, and so it didn't matter. Yeah, it didn't matter. Exactly. That's where (laughs) I was going with that. Thanks for stealing my thunder. You're welcome. Uh, The penalty for (laughs) improper defensive alignment is an automatic ball or the result of the play. I'm your brother. I'm your older brother. I'm supposed to steal your thunder. Steal my thunder. All right, so here's the results, John. So far in spring training, and we have just one more game of spring to play. That is today. Uh, Games have averaged two hours and 39 minutes. Last season, games averaged three hours and one minute. Mm -hmm. Uh, Batters and hitters have combined for an average of two violations a game. So pitcher not ready at zero or a batter not ready at eight seconds. Steals are up. Mm-hmm. which I thought was really interesting. Teams averaged 1.08 steal attempts per uh, game in the spring. Uh, last year, teams averaged 0.51 steal, steal <laughs> a attempts a steal. game. So they about changed 50, their mind. Right, about, about 50% increase. Uh, and the success rate is up too, 73% last year and yeah. 78% this spring, which brings us to a really important question. How will these rules in your mind, Johnny, benefit our halos and which rules do you think might actually hurt our halos well i don't think that we're going to see a lot of stolen bases i don't imagine mm. a world where there's a lot of running happening with this particular angels team sure i feel like it was andrew velasquez and shohei otani stealing all the bags last season yeah. and i know we saw trout steal one in the wbc which is great but he's not a he's not a stolen base guy anymore. He's not going right. to get the 40 that he did his rookie year right. when he should have won an MVP. Uh, he's not going to get the 40 <laughs> bags <better>. that he <laughs> you know would do in the in the past and I think a lot of that has to do Mike with that 2017 injury where he stole second and jammed yeah. his thumb and that took him out for, you know, a month and a half or but so. But he's got the oven mitt now. So what's the problem? <laughs> No, is there is there a stint in the uh it's oven steel <laughs> it's iron right. man gloves <laughs> it looks soft on the outside but yeah. it's actually a metal glove uh so i i i'm not sure that stolen bases are going to be a huge part i could see Renhifo maybe doing that i could sure. see taylor ward sure maybe jared walsh but i think the biggest thing here mike is the shift and in particular Shohei Otani, you've got some great data here. Why don't you share that with us? Yeah, he made 78 outs last year hitting into the shift. So that was that was 88% of his total outs Ooh. all season long. And so, Johnny, you and I have talked about this on the pod. He probably will have a higher batting average. I mean, he was around 250s last year. Mm-hmm. And he might be up where he was when he was a rookie and in his second year around the 280, maybe even 290 mark, yeah. depending on how many home runs he hits. Obviously, he's the home run hitter that we want him to be. But I think that this is going to really benefit him. And I think it's really going to benefit Mike Trout as well, because yeah. now you can't put three guys on the uh, left side of the infield to try to keep him from 
getting a ground ball through, mm-hmm. right? And and I also think with a lot of the lefty batters, it's going to really benefit them. I think Renjifo is going to be beneficial, benefit in this as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pitch clock, John, I think is something that's actually going to really um, help our team. Um, yeah. I, I look at somebody like Sandoval and I look at somebody like Suarez yes. who can get lost in their head, maybe Suarez more than Sandoval. And I think a pitch clock is going to just help them to stay in rhythm and not be looking over at the dugout or not being upset about that last ball that was, you know, should mm-hmm. have been a strike and, and, and letting that kind of fester. Mm-hmm. Um, I think both of them are really going to benefit from that. You got to move game, on. I think game length too, John, I think game length is really going to benefit the angel fans on the East coast, John, <laughs> <laughs> or the ones in the UK, like Nick yes. from, you know, halfway around the halo, right? Yeah. All, all of the UK fans too. Yeah. You can watch games and go to bed at a decent hour. So I don't want to hear the old heads on the East coast say, well, we never get to watch Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. Right well, now you can, cause the games are going to end at a decent hour, which is also great for us because we always record post game. So what a blessing this will be. <laughs> Lockdown Angels is brought to you by Built Bar. We're in the middle of March Madness. The Final Four is coming up this weekend, and the Built March Madness bracket is here. You can vote for your favorite bar or puff right now. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. And when you do, you can vote there for your favorite bar or puff. You're going to be entered into a drawing where 50 Locked On listeners will get a free box of Built. And not only that, one lucky fan from Locked On is going to win a 12-month subscription to Built. And you got to go and get entered into this goodness because you're going to be able to get a full box maybe for free or possibly one every month. Go to builtmarchmadness.com. Built Bars are so good. They're the best protein bars ever. They're my favorite as well. I like the cookie dough chunk puff. I've mentioned that a few times. Uh, they're they're really, really good because they're covered in 100% real chocolate. They have good protein and low sugar and they're not like a candy bar but they taste like a candy bar so vote for your favorite bar or puff at builtmarchmadness.com right now for your favorite bar or puff you can win it's going to be awesome you can vote every day for the rest of this month only a couple of days left so hop in and support your favorite pick all right getting into our last conversation of the day we have to talk about Mike Trout and how he will always be Mike Trout. But there's a narrative, and it started with the WBC, and you know that I had to uh, put some people in their place last week while you you were gone, Mike. (laughs) Yes, yes. Well, you were gone, so there was nobody holding me back. It was good. Yeah, I I had to do it. There's a narrative out there about Mike Trout that's unfair to Trout. First of all, people like to say he doesn't want to win because he signed long-term with the angels. He doesn't want to win because the halos haven't won anything since 2014. So it must mean that he's lost his passion to win. The narrative around trout is the WBC happened and everyone saw how excited he was and how fired up he was off the field and on the field. And now the narrative is, well, trout won't be able to win because he's with this terrible halos team and trout will trout won't push the ownership to try and win because he's, too humble and too loyal. So there's a lot of narratives around Trout going around right now that we think are baloney. Are Excuse my bogus. <laughs> and, and here's what's interesting, John. When Trout came home from the WBC, he was interviewed and he said, heading back, I texted Nev, obviously Phil Nevin, and I said, I needed this. 
I needed to play in this atmosphere and to be in this moment. It just made me think of about how bad I want to get back to the playoffs. And then mm-hmm. another reporter asked him if not making the playoffs would be a disappointment, which reinforces the narrative that you have just talked about. People just assume that he doesn't care. And he said, for yeah. sure, I, I would be disappointed. I think every time you start a season, anything less than the playoffs is a disappointment. That doesn't sure. sound like a guy who doesn't want to win, John. And right. that doesn't sound like a guy who isn't pushing the organization and to make this team really competitive this season. Not only is Trout a humble guy, and he's been that through his whole career. He's been very respectful of the veterans ahead of him on the Angels. He's learned a lot from Albert Pujols and Justin Upton and those guys. He was always been he's always been very respectful. He's been respectful of whoever's in charge, whether it was Sosha or even uh uh doofus from the 2019 brad osmus <laughs> yes. can't even say his name <laughs> him who we don't speak of <laughs> yeah and he's always been respectful i apparently i haven't been respectful because i just called him doofus but. <laughs> that's all right you're not playing for the angels <laughs> mike here's what i get frustrated with i know you've got some thoughts too yeah but here's here's my thoughts about this whole trout situation when he signed that extension in 2019 i believe correct me if i'm wrong that his contract he was on was going to run out after 2020. So there was the 2019 season and the 2020 season. Now, we didn't know it was going to be a pandemic-shortened season, right. but you know, assume two full seasons of Mike Trout in 2019-2020. Then he would have been a free agent. You can't tell me that after two years at the time, full seasons of Mike Trout, again, we didn't know it was going to be 60 games, you can't tell me that if he had let that contract go, and sign a new deal somewhere else that he wouldn't have gotten more money than he got with the angels on the deal that he has now. I know it was the highest paid contract in sports at the time and still is in terms of the overall value. The annual value is different, but everyone likes to say that he stayed for the money. He stayed because he wanted to get the bag. Well, first off, congrats to him for getting the bag. Right. Second of all, earning it. (laughs) Second of all, What's wrong with having loyalty to your fans and the fan base who's loved you for every single year of your career? Right. And he showed that loyalty back to them. You know who else was loyal? Jared Weaver. And yep. he got his bag with the Angels when he could have gotten more money with somebody else. And he stayed loyal to this team as well. So don't tell me that you think Trout is staying just for the money. In fact, if he had gone to another team, you would have called him a ring chaser. Yeah. You would have called him uh, a ring chaser and he would have gone to this team or that team to to just win a ring. He doesn't care about his fans. So it's a catch-22. He can't win. And the last thing I'll say about Mike Trout, it, it, it really frustrates me because then the narrative has become, oh, he doesn't want to win because he stayed with the Angels. Well, you know what? Everybody says he could have gone to the Phillies, but at yeah. that point in 2019, the Angels were only four seasons away from their last playoff appearance. Right. And the Phillies... We're 10 years away from their last playoff appearance. So don't tell me he didn't want to win because he was only four seasons away from the last time his team got to the playoffs. Here's where I want to push back, John. Trout's always going to be Trout and he's going to be loyal and he's going to be humble and he's going to be great. Mm -hmm. And fans have run with this narrative that athletes who show passion on the field are the ones who want to win. Fans believe that athletes who are talking all the time to the the media and being aggressive and being controversial are the ones that want to win. And then fans assume that athletes that are humble, humble and quiet don't want to win. And that's just unfair and unrealistic because not everybody's going to be Kobe Bryant. 
Right. And not everybody's going to be LeBron James. Not everybody's <laughs> going to be somebody who's always going to be in the media talking about things and demanding trades and talking about what they're talking about with upper management. You yes. know who else is like Mike Trout, John? Shohei Otani. Yes. Shohei Otani is humble and humble. he's loyal and he's somebody who is great at what he does. I mean, this guy's picking up trash and saying hi to the opposing players and he's being respectful and making sure the fans in the front row when the foul ball comes in the front row are ducking out of the way and he's hey. checking on them, right? Like <laughs> he's he's that guy. Both of these guys are those type of athletes and for some reason Trout gets the narrative that he doesn't want to win. And Otani gets the narrative that he does want to win because Otani has said, yeah, I'd like to win. Mm -hmm. Well, Trout has never said that he doesn't want to win. In fact, he has been somebody who has been on this mediocre team for the last eight or nine years. (laughs) And and I think that that probably has worn on him a bit. But I don't I don't buy the lie that he doesn't want to win and he's not pushing for this team to be better. I don't buy the lie that he's not angry about this or that he's not frustrated about this. He's just not going to throw fits and disrespect people and be dishonorable in the public media. It's publicly praise and privately critique. That's a Mm -hmm. great leadership point that John Gordon and all of those leadership guys would say that you would do. And this is why Trout is a really great leader. And he did say, remember this, he did say he was talking to Perry every single day. Perry Mm -hmm. was checking in with him. So God bless Perry for checking in with Mike (laughs) Trout, right? He was also checking in with Anthony Rendon and checking in with Otani. And this is his third GM that he has had to work with. And this is the guy that I feel like, and I know you do too, that actually has done some things and probably figured out how to make this team better. And this is Trout's fourth manager since 2018. And so there's a lot that's been out of his control and yet we hear that Trout is just not wanting to be a winner, doesn't really push to be a winner because of who he is. And then we see the WBC, and then we see this drive get reawakened in him. Here's what I just don't want Angel fans specifically to mistake. Don't mistake humility and loyalty for a desire to not compete, to not achieve, and mm. to not win. Trout and Otani are not going to throw their weight around in the way that we might expect, right? Because sure. they're involved in the conversations. They they spoke to Shohei about the moves. Yep. Perry Manassian did. Like, yep. Perry Manassian is answering to the f- faces of this franchise. And we know the Angels always do stuff behind closed doors. We don't know signings are going to happen until five minutes before. And then it comes out of the news. And that's the way the angels operate. So if the fact that we don't have these guys throwing a fit or throwing their weight around doesn't mean that they're not involved in the process. It doesn't mean that they don't want to win and it doesn't mean that they don't want to compete. And trout will be the first to admit he's been hurt the last two years. Yeah. He'll be the first to admit that he wants to stay on the field and compete. Shohei Otani wants to win with this team. These guys have a drive. They're here to compete. So let's freaking go. Let's skip tomorrow's game and or tonight's <laughs> yeah. game and and just get to it. <laughs> Trout wants to win and you've won because you've made Locked On Angels your first listen today. Now for your second listen, check out the Locked On Fantasy Baseball podcast. Matt and Dom are going to give you all the strategies for your draft. John, did you use their strategies when you did your fantasy draft? Yes, because I did. Now you're going to win because Matt and Dom are going to set you up to win. You can find their podcast wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. And of course, they're a part of the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day.
Get at us on Twitter at Lockdown Angels and follow the Super Halo Bros on Twitter and Instagram at Super Halo Bros. And if you're on YouTube, best way you can help us out, hit that subscribe button and comment below. We love getting into your comments on YouTube. Hey, Mike, what do we have on deck for tomorrow's show? Is the AO West the best division in baseball? Well, John joined some of the other Locked On hosts from the AO West to discuss this and a whole lot more. And Johnny, can I just say, you represented us well. So uh, thank you can you. listen to this anywhere you get podcasts or you can watch on YouTube and you can join in on the conversation. And John, you you fought well. Uh, I know you had to shower afterwards talking to the Houston guy and talking to the Mariners guy. <laughs> but uh, it's a really great conversation and you can listen to it or watch it right here tomorrow on Locked On Agents. Yeah, things were things were pleasant. It was, Nothing uh, was thrown. <laughs> yeah, no, no swear words were had, right? Yeah, it's an AL West roundtable, so you'll hear from all of the Locked On hosts of the AL West, so Mariners, Houston, Texas, and A's, of course. So we hope that you'll join us tomorrow for that. Until then, my name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. We'll be back together on Thursday, so check out the roundtable tomorrow, and we'll see you back here on Thursday. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.